Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. Welcome, Talk Tuners, to the show where we share stories and memories of the music that has shaped our lives. I'm Stephanie Myers. Hey, y'all. Stephanie Pena here. What's up, Stephanie? What's new? What's good? Everything is doing pretty good with me, but, you know, I'm jealous of the shows that you recently saw because it just sounds like there were several of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, <clears throat> I think about it, I've probably been to about, what, 20 shows in the past week just because I went to a festival. Y'all. So cool. Yeah, so I went out to the inaugural Sick New World Festival um, in Vegas, and I'm curious to know if any of our talk tuners are there um, who can applaud along with me on the great lineup. Um, This particular festival focuses on new metal, goth, industrial, and some punk. And it, Stephanie, oh my God, walking into this festival, just paint this picture because it's, it's been a while, honestly, since I've been to a festival of this magnitude. Now walking in, um, you know, there was a million gates to walk through, which was great. So I was already happy, you know, the logistics were on point. You walk in, there's a purple carpet. Like, yeah. What? Yeah, guys. So for talk tuners that know us or, hey, maybe this is your first episode, we both really love the color purple. And yeah, so it's a purple purple carpet. Oh, so in love. Um, loved all the decor. The colors for the, the show were black, green, and purple. Oh, all right. All right. So yeah. totally on point. It had, it had this dome that would shoot out fire at night. It was just... Top random shit, but y'all, all right, so it's all about the music. So three stages, three stages all in one day. I saw the likes of Cold, Orgy, Skinny Puppy, Ministry, God, Cold Chamber. I mean, I'm just like, hold on, let me catch a breath. Kitty. <laughs> um, let's see, Kitty, I saw also, She Wants Revenge. You had Deftones, my ultimate favorite band, Corn, System of a Down, and that's... That's just me just belting out stuff right now. There's so many more. It was a great time. Um, doors opened at 11. First show went on at 11.30. And your girl powered through 11 plus hours. I did not leave that venue, Stephanie. It was at the Vegas Festival Grounds. So for folks that go to Vegas and maybe like say, hey, I want to see the show. It's supposedly on the strip. It's going to be at the festival, uh, the Vegas Festival Grounds, which is right next door to Circus Circus. And man, girl, I powered through, but I will say this, I would not have made it 
if the great folks of Live Nation did not have free water stations everywhere, shaded area, gosh, it was brutal, man. And, um, you know, and just really good amount of food and, you know, food and beverages options everywhere. Because, yeah, I mean, there was like 70,000 people at this show. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. This was a major thing. And actually, the the weekend before was Lovers and Friends. And that was an R&B hip hop show that Usher puts on every year. Mm -hmm. And so um, I wish I had enough bank to just like post-up residency in Vegas for two weeks to go to both of these festivals. Man, that lineup was fucking sick too. So whatever. All right. I digress. So I have, you know, it was a really, really great time. Um, This was the first show, Stephanie, that I did not wear a black t-shirt or any type of black top garment. It felt kind of weird. We know that, you know, music and fashion go, they coincide, they go together. And I'm always wearing black every day. And it was just, I felt like an imposter. I wore a very light purple um, hoodie that was uh, sun protective clothing, dry fit, best, smartest bitch in the room. I mean, uh-huh. for real. No sunburn. And yeah, I had shorts on, had to keep applying, keep applying. But yeah, I mean, I would just say just regardless, I had an overall good time because I, I always know the elements are going to win, right? You and I have both been in scenarios at other shows. Not, I mean, not of this size. It doesn't matter. We grew up in Texas, y'all. We grew up in Texas, so we know heat and sun. And both of us have had some similar situations where it's just like the elements kind of outdid us. But this time, I was prepared and I felt good. All of the shows were just... So iconic. It was hard for me, Stephanie, not to just want to record the whole damn thing. Yeah. Like, man, man, it was just hard. I was like, I don't want to be that person. Enjoy the show. Be in the moment. Be in the moment. But um, I did take some select video. And one of the bands that was on the bill that I wasn't able to see was My Life at the Thrill Kill Cult. And uh, Stephanie and I have an episode. Um, I believe it's episode 17. Go check it out. Um, we have we saw that band together. And I hadn't seen them since we seen them together, Stephanie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, I actually saw them on a couple days ago, so didn't see them in Vegas, but I did see a more intimate show with them in San Antonio. Man, dude, I, they are just so great. So, so great. Haven't skipped a beat. And Groovy Man, at the end of his set, literally just said, thank you, San Antonio. You have been there from the beginning. Like, hell yeah. Man. Yeah, he showed a lot of love. And so go check out that episode, y'all, because I do break it down that my life had, you know, has had quite a run in San Antonio. San Antonio is a metal goth town. It just yeah. is. <laughs> it just really yeah. is. It's so good. So good. I'm so smiling. What was your favorite um, from Sick New World? If you had to have a favorite set, what was your favorite? Oh, man. Okay, so my favorite band is Deftone, so I'm not going to say them. Because I've seen them a million times, and that wasn't their best set. It was fucking great, but it wasn't okay. their best. So I've seen them so many times. But honestly, one of the bands I would say that was the best set was Orgy. Jay Gordon, lead singer of Orgy. Yeah. Brought that shit. That man is nearly 60, and he sounds exactly like he did in the late 90s, early 2000s. He had everybody going. Oh, my God, Stephanie. Like, his voice is so clear and perfect. Yes. Like, even Jeff was like, dude. And I was like, yeah. And I hadn't seen them since 2002, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. And I actually reached out to them on their socials and was like, listen, you guys were by far the best set that I saw. 
y'all had that energy. I mean, they were even doing prodigy, Stephanie. They're doing, um, you know, smack my bitch up and I got, you know, rest in peace, Keith Flint, lead singer of prodigy, no longer with us. But yeah, I mean, it was such a good vibe. And they went on, they were the second band to go on. Um, so they went on at noon. I want to say maybe, maybe, yeah, they went on at noon because cold was before them. Yeah, and going on their Instagram and just seeing, because I got up close for that. So I was like, still like fresh. And I'm like, yeah, they get close, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the sun hadn't like ruined me yet. And I went up there and I'm so glad I got so close. I was just, I was floored. So yeah, um, I've already been looking to see when they're going to be playing, but they're going to be playing Seattle at some festival, but I don't know any other bands. But, but yeah, I reached out to them on social to let them know. And I please, I asked them, please come to San Antonio because. Yeah, just just please. And they're like, we absolutely will. So please, Orgy, you know, whoever runs their social, maybe Jay Gordon's listening right now, please come to San Antonio. Um, you you won't regret it. And just remember your shows back in the day, because that's where I first saw them was at NSA. So yeah. So good. So, yeah. So good. You know, uh, and I wonder <clears throat> if any talk tuners had heard them play. We'd love to hear that. Or folks who went to Sick New World, yeah, definitely reach out to us. We'd love to have a dialogue with you about that. Just hear about it, right? Yes, yes, yes. Please uh, reach out and let us know. Talk to us on the socials. Talk to us on email. It's a big deal. I'll be going back yeah. next year. And I was in GA. I had no VIP. Okay. I had a great time. But I will do VIP just so I can get closer to the stage and not have to worry about, you know, getting my ass kicked. So I'm old now. Fair. <laughs> You know, I'm old. I'm old now. I know, I know my limits. So fair, fair yes. enough. That's awesome. Well, that's so cool. Music is life. We love sharing our concert memories, and we'll be continuing to do that. And we're also continuing Talk Tuners our extended '90s miniseries a little bit today. And first, we wanted to give you a little peek behind the curtain of this show. In the meantime. If you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you probably and hopefully uh, know the basis of it, which is that we've been friends for 20 plus years and that we started the show to share our joint stories and memories uh, of the music that has shaped our lives. Yes. And you've probably heard, right, that some of our stories are these joint stories connected to the music and others are stories that each of us have connected to this music but that it's music that we have nonetheless bonded over together. And you may even wonder, how do you choose what to talk about each episode? Well, we always think of this from a story first perspective. What's a joint story or memory that we have that's connected directly to a song, to the music? And if not that, what's a story that one of us has that's connected to the music that we both love, that we've both bonded over? Mm-hmm. And really, with a few episode exceptions over the last two years, we try to let that be our guiding principle when we think about what we will talk about each episode and what will be engaging to you, the listeners. And we were both kind of laughing this week when we realized we did have a couple ideas for upcoming episodes involving joint stories that we had. And then we realized the other person didn't really connect with that music for several ideas that we had. And then we realized, okay, we'll think differently because we know that we want to share stories and memories connected to the music that we really love and have bonded over. That's kind of, uh, that's kind of the point in our guiding principle because otherwise the show just becomes, you know, point counterpoint or a parody of the McLaughlin group. And that's not this show because uh, we try to have, (laughs) try to have fun here. And there's other shows that do that. Um, But I don't think that's our show. So 
bottom line is when you listen to this podcast, sometimes you'll hear joint stories and memories that we have that's connected to the music. Sometimes we'll individually share stories that we have that's connected to the music. But it's always music we're talking about that we've bonded over and have a shared love of. And I think that's the true bedrock of this podcast. Yeah, nice, nicely said, Stephanie. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's tons of bands that you can talk about, experiences you could talk about, and I can as well, but it's not joint. And this is our podcast. So you'll hear me a lot. Um, you know, Steph, Steph ain't going to go see corn with me. That's not her jam. You know, so it's like there's certain things that she'll go see that I wouldn't go to, but we have such um, we have bonded over so many different uh, bands and just music in general that we're just so happy that we can bring this to you. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks for Stephanie to, for saying that. It's important. And today we are going to be talking about another band that was really big in the 90s. And it is no other than Jane's Addiction and their 1990 hit, Been Caught Stealing. is so great folks may know these guys but we're gonna tell you the group members anyway it's uh the inimitable perry farrell guitar work of dave navarro bass eric avery drums stephen perkins and you know these guys have been different lineups different forms over the years Mm -hmm. and that's the obvious right but before we go any further we know who the band members are but who is jane Yeah, Jane. Jane's addiction. Well, Jane is Jane Banter, and she was an early muse and housemate of the band. She once lived uh, in a house on Wilton Street in Hollywood with Perry Farrell and a commune of other artists. And she was trying to quit heroin. Wow. And just like the song says, and Jane says, she says, "I'm I'm going to kick tomorrow. I'm going to kick the habit tomorrow." They base that directly off of her. And I thought that was pretty cool, too. And sometimes I think the women who have shaped uh, music in these ways are kind of lost to history. So we did want to mention that. Very cool. So when the band met, it was, as you can tell from what we're saying here, a really interesting time, I think, for them all. Uh, There's a really great oral history of the band in Spin Magazine and had a lot of interesting facts somebody said when you're 27 in rock and roll like perry was with nothing really happening you think you're old that's why steve dave and eric were seven years younger than perry he felt like he could mold them and they would forever do what he wanted (laughs) eventually they'd grow up 
but by then he'd have gotten what he needed out of them. Wow. I thought that was pretty cool. All right. <laughs> yeah, and they're still around today, so they can't get enough of each other, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was entertaining. And the oral history also went on to say, we'll talk a little bit about kind of their ups and downs, but uh, Dave Navarro was pretty open about uh, what he went through with drugs. And he said in that same oral history, I admit I totally blew it with drugs back in those days. My intake was certainly a factor in the eventual demise of the band the first time around. So, you know, people kind of grow up and own up to things. And I thought that was um, interesting from him. And uh, I think, you know, when you can kind of look back and, and recognize your own role in things, it shows maturity. Oh, a hundred percent. I agree with you on there. And James addiction has had the the makeup breakup for a while y'all. So just per Wikipedia, they were founded in 85, broke up in 91, got back to better in 97. Then they had a stint between 2001, 2004, and then now 2008 to present. So yeah. Um, glad that they're still around kicking ass and, you know, just in general, you know, Stephanie mentioned, you know, previously that they've you know formed other bands they were busy in the 90s like outside of jane's addiction especially perry man like i don't know where he got his energy but he was already hitting big with jane's addiction and then he actually formed another group called porno for pyros and perkins joined him along with that and that had a run from 92 to about 97 so this man was everywhere for sure dave navarro you know he was at the band 86 93 he left for Red Hot Chili Peppers in the mid-90s. And yeah, I mean, when I think Red Hot Chili Peppers, I always think Dave Navarro. They've gone through their own, you know, set, excuse me, members and exiting in and out. But I always think, you know, Dave Navarro, Red Hot Chili Peppers for sure. And Navarro himself was an MTV sweetheart. He actually had one of the first reality TV shows at that time. I believe it was 2004. Um, with his then fiance Carmen Electra, they had a uh, show talking about their courtship up to their wedding. It was called Till Death Do Us Part. And oh my God, I watched every single episode. Talk about beautiful people. Both really pretty. <laughs> yeah. Wanted them to last forever. They really are. They're both really, really pretty people. And talk tuners as an aside, uh, you know, Carmen Electra was named by our boy Prince. Mm-hmm. He just gave her her name. There's a whole nother episode of Prince naming people, but it's, I digress, but I had to, I had to share that at this point. Yeah, exactly. And Carmen Electra, that's a pretty dope name. You know, like, all right, bow down to Prince, man. He should uh, give me a name. Yeah, yeah. cooler mind, but whatever. All right, well, let, let's let's get back on topic. Let's talk about Ben Cost Ceiling. Yeah, so it's such a cool song. Folks may know it's off the album Ritual de lo Habitual, and that was released in 1990. That was their commercial breakthrough, actually. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. folks probably know this album, but it reached the top 20. It went gold. And uh, as part of this, Perry actually designed the Rock Festival Lollapalooza as a farewell tour um, for Jane's Addiction. I'm wondering if folks know this. So just like, I'm just thinking about how they're cemented um, here in music. But I wonder if talk tuners um, knew that. But after that tour was completed at the end of the summer of 1991, the group actually 
split for the first time anyway. We'll get into more of that. So it's been tumultuous, right? Mm-hmm. Lollapalooza, that's a big deal. Lollapalooza is still around too. I'm sure there's talk trainers that are like, yeah, we go to Chicago every year. All right. But were you there in 91? Right. Right. All this shit is, and it's still relevant. Like, damn, yeah. Perry, get it. <laughs> yeah. Think about how far back this goes. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. And the song itself, Then Cut Stealing, is a really fun one. It's from this, we found this on Song Facts. It's about the rush you get when trying to steal from a store. Okay. Yeah. Straightforward. It's funny. A fun fact is the barking in the song is Perry's dog, Annie, trying to get into the vocal booth. Oh, cute. I thought that was adorable. Yeah, my and... dogs don't act like that. They act like complete shitheads when we're trying to record, you know, and <laughs> they don't have something cute that we want to capture. Anyway. Nothing to be able to capture on this show. Um, but yeah, they were like, we'll incorporate the dog barks into the song. I thought that was really cool. And... We'd love to, you know, think about how the music videos played into Mm -hmm. the songs at the time and successive songs. Because MTV, if you did well there, you're taken on a rocket ride up the charts, right? So the big Ben Caught Stealing video is uh, shot mostly from the perspective of security cameras in a grocery store. We see shoplifters Mm -hmm. (laughs) eluding a security guard. So definitely check that out. It's iconic. It's of the time. It definitely lifted their profile, and you should definitely see it. Uh, even Matt Penfield, the uh, the music guru, Matt Penfield, said of the video, uh, the thing about the Ben Caught Stealing videos, it shows a sense of humor and playfulness and the complete lack of fear that the band had. Mm-hmm. Like, let's have a good time. Let's do something that's crazy. It's a classic video from that period of time. There wasn't much like it, although a lot of people definitely have tried to use some of those ideas. So I like that thought. He's right. They were very, they're very formative for what they were doing. And people took their ideas, right? People took their ideas and were inspired by Jane's addiction just across the culture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This video is great. You couldn't get away from it. You couldn't get away from this video. So let me say they're MTV all over. This was, uh, this video actually has this dude going in. He dresses up like a woman. And what I love about No Fear that Matt Penfield said when you're watching this video they're like literally like this guy's in the produce stand and he has like this big ass pineapple and he's just like, Hey, guess what? I'm going to put it in my dress. Don't care. Like it's so obvious. And they have other members of the band that are doing the same shit. And uh, really funny. It turns out that Pharrell's girlfriend at the time, uh, Casey Nicole, uh, directed the video and VH1 actually voted this video as number 47 of their 100 greatest videos of all time. Really like that a lot. Yeah. That's um, so cool. It is. It is. And myself, uh, something just back from, from my day, I actually got caught stealing at a Target before. And so <laughs> <laughs> didn't do any time. I'm here now, but I can't run for president. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, we, we, we do what we do. And I got caught stealing. And I swear to God, like at least twice a week, my friends would just like sing this to me, just out of random, you know, assholes. But I deserved it. You know, I deserved it. I was young and stupid. But... <laughs> <laughs> but with, you know, aside from my personal personal attachment to Ben Costilian, because I am a former thief, um, <laughs> I needed makeup, man. I needed makeup. Anyway, uh, the song itself, like, it feels like you are being told a story, right? It's like, it's a way it starts. Ben Costilian once when I was five. And it's like, all right, well, 
something that kind of stuck. That five finger discount is uh, so thrilling sometimes if you don't have the cash for whatever it is that you may need. Kids don't steal. Okay. Just stop. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Uh, but Stephanie and I actually got the chance to see them perform live with Nine Inch Nails. It was called the Ninja Tour. This took place back in 2009. We saw them at the PNC Bank Art Center in Homedale, New Jersey. Yeah, it was such a cool show. And seeing them play was just so great because we've talked about these bands on this show where you wonder if you're ever going to see them live again because they go mm-hmm. through their breakups and makeups. And so being able to see them was so cool on this bill. And Perry, as we have, uh, as we have suggested here, is just the consummate frontman. He is so good. There's such a there's such a rare energy about him. He really knows how to play to that back row. And I just I loved, loved, loved being able to to catch them live like that. Uh at again, you know, this outdoor venue, which you really have to bring the energy to, to an outdoor venue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no doubt. And the cool thing about Jane's Addiction is that when you're, when you see them live, they're very theatrical aside from themselves, they'll bring on dancers, they'll bring different props out. I mean, they're, they're there to show you a good time. And a lot of their music is different tones. There's just some that's psychedelic rock, some that's just pure like in your face rock, and then just some stuff that's pretty chill, like Jane says is pretty chill, you know? Um, so it, it, you go through a lot of emotions when you see them live. I think so. And I, I have to add here, too, I think we both went through the emotion of being like, oh, man, that's a hottie Dave <laughs> Navarro, like up on stage, yeah. which I have to mention because... <laughs> I just feel like he's one of the three celebrity dudes that we're both attracted to since we just have like different tastes. So I feel like it was a real special moment um, to be able to see him, to be able to see him play, to be able to see him on stage. Yes, Stephanie. God, man, Dave Navarro, we have bonded over that guy. He's just pretty. Mention it. Yes. He's just, he's just a pretty guy. Like, why are you so pretty? Like, I don't yeah. get it. It's <laughs> Right? And love seeing them together because both of us are just like, oh my God, yes, we're like, whoa. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was one of those whoa minutes for sure. And man, when they, you know, played Ben Costigli, everyone was dancing, going mad crazy. Um, another one of their songs that I love hearing live uh, is Coming Down the Mountain. And that really just brings it. Like, folks are just like, yeah, it's exploding. It's. Um, and you can really just see, like, infrared is a sex symbol in his own right. Like, that just, you know, I don't have to paint the picture, just figure it out, read in between the lines, but coming down the mountain just really brings it out. And he's doing, you're like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Everyone's dancing, doing their thing. Such a great, great time. Uh, and it was good weather, too, because we saw him in the summer and it wasn't even that hot. So, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I will say this, though, it's pretty funny because I, I thought that Nine Inch Nails was the headliner. I remember that. I think I thought so too. So we were kind of like, Whoa. oh, okay, cool. Because we love we love us some Nine Inch Nails. And it was like, oh, is Trent coming out? Like what's about to happen here? But no, the Jane's Addiction was actually the headliner. So I wonder if there was like some back and forth on that between them, like a little bit of jousting for position uh, because they're both big bands, right? And <laughs> makes me wonder if maybe they traded that off city by city on who was going to headline. But yeah, it surprised me too. 
I, I wasn't ready for that. I just wasn't. I was like, oh, okay. And especially with Nine Shows, it was still daylight. And I was like, yeah. Nine Shows is all about their light shows, guys. So anyway, but it was great. Yeah. So I was just like expecting something different. But um, yeah, we, we were both on the same page there. I just want to go on a, on a little bit of rant here too, Stephanie. So I actually saw them in 2013. So not too long ago after we saw them. Um, I was just dating Jeff, my husband, y'all on the line. So Jeff and I first started dating and he's like, Hey, I got us tickets to go see James addiction in Dallas. And I'm like, Oh, that's fucking amazing. This guy's great. And they played with Allison chains. Right. So it was in Dallas. Um, at the time we were in Austin and we stayed at a hotel and Stephanie, I had horrible, horrible nightmares. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Very prolific. Like I woke up like three times mm-hmm. and like, I remember these colors. It was just a nasty feeling. Right. And, you know, Jeff and I actually getting to know each other. And I was like, yeah, I had a really bad dream. And he's like, oh, well, the hotel we're staying in is haunted. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I know you're trying to impress me, but let's step it back, y'all. I like things dark. I've said that in the other episode. Y'all heard that if you're, you're catching on. I love dark. I love horror. I love anything, anything like that. But the deal is, is that it's fake. Horror is fake. Yeah, I don't right. deal with real spirits. I don't fuck with that shit. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. Nope. No, 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 no. So my family has had their spooks, supernatural spooks. I'm not trying to follow. I'm not trying to be in that game. No, and I don't blame you. Like what? So yes. Uh, anyway, that happened. Side note. And just a little bit more love, you know, to, to Perry. So Stephanie, I don't know if you know this, but Oh, actually, let me take a step back. Have you ever caught a Lollapalooza? Yeah, it toured everywhere. Did you ever get to go to one? I don't think I ever did. All right. Well, I got to go one on a whim. In 2003, I saw that uh, it was Jane's Addiction and A Perfect Circle, and I'm a big Maynard fan. And I literally bought tickets, and our friend Siyoshi was living in L.A., and I just remember calling him. I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing? Do you want to go to Lollapalooza? <laughs> he was like, sure. I'm getting on a plane. I'll see you tomorrow. Click. Awesome. <laughs> It's the way to do it, you know? That's the way to do it. Yeah, it was in LA. It was a great time. It was an amphitheater, so I'm sure you've been there maybe one too many times at this point. But yeah, I just wanted to give some love there. I do want to see it in Chicago since now it has a home and it's a thing. We should should try and and go and see what's coming up. But yeah, I mean, love to Perry. You know, I honestly feel that Perry is one of the founders of the actual festival itself. Like we're bringing a shit ton of bands from different genres of rock and roll, maybe even hip hop, whatever. We're bringing us all together for the love of music. And I really do tip my hat for what it's worth to him because I, I think that he was a major influencer from that point. I agree. Hey, man, dude, like, thank you, Perry. And a little side note for those that are Jane's Addictions fans. I love Perry Farrell because I think that him and I could have a couple of beers, maybe some tea, maybe some coffee and talk about sports. Perry is a big sports fan. So Steph, check this out. I read an article like before this, I was trying to find the source for the show, but <laughs> my heart got you know a little bit fonder of Perry when I found out that he doesn't go to sleep unless he's seen SportsCenter. Kind of sounds like <laughs> someone you know, right? I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Y'all, if I'm, I work from home, Sports Center, ESPN's on all fucking day in my house. That's all we, that's all we, yeah, that, that's it. You know, we'll figure it between ESPN, ESPN2, we'll, we'll figure it out, but it's always on. So, yeah, so, um, you know, found out through research, pretty cool. Um, Perry Farrell is from New York and he grew up a Jets fan. 
Joe Namath is his role model. So from an article from ESPN, this is in 2012, talking about the Super Bowl. Um, he was talk, talking about his love for sports. Joe Namath is his idol. And he played, Jane's Addiction played Rolling Stone Magazine Super Bowl pre-party. And guess what cool. he said, Steph? Like, why did I do this? So you can go to the Super Bowl! Like, <laughs> yeah! Sign me up! No better I'll reason, play. you know? No better reason. Keeping it real. The Giants were playing the pass that year. He goes on a big old rant about how Tom Brady's too pretty. It's so funny, y'all. Y'all dig up this ESPN article. I enjoyed it. This guy is so sports-minded that he even uses sports as an analogy when he's with his band performing. It's like, you know, you got to be physical. You got to be high-impact, like aerobic. So it makes sense. So he is an athlete in himself. I don't know if he ever played anything, but he has that inner athlete. So he goes to show why they go crazy on stage. Love it. Love it. Love it. He's so hardcore. One more thing that I need to share is that he's a big Lakers fan, right? So, hey, Steph, go to Lakers, you know, game next year. Well, they're about to be out of the play. Anyway, anyway, gonna go they're, they're about to be eliminated. But anyway, so next year, get ready to go to the Lakers show. Maybe Perry will be there. This guy is so hardcore that he tore his meniscus and he had the Lakers ortho- <laughs> orthopedist, Dr. Steve Lombardo, do his meniscus surgery. Hot damn. But he sought him out. He's like, if they're good enough for the Lakers, then they're good enough for me. Take care of my knee. Hell Thank you. Yeah. That's somebody who like understands that he needs some specialty care because you really get on stage, you're doing things and you are performing like an athlete in many yes. Yes, and he quotes himself like, you have to heal and come back. It's no different from the NBA. I completely sympathize with these players who are performing with nagging injuries. Like, my God, I love this guy so much. I do. Yeah. My friend Lee, absolutely enamored with this guy. She carries a picture of him in her wallet. Uh, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. That is so cool. Yes, Lee. I hope that you're listening today. So I thought about you and put this together. But yeah, so Steph, I'm glad we got a chance to see them. We definitely need to do Lollapalooza. Um, and my understanding is he he comes out in some, you know, some aspect, whether he's performing with James or just even, you know, emceeing, whatnot. We need to do this. It needs to happen. Yeah. I would love that. Let's make it happen. Let's make it work. Let's do it. Let's do it, Chicago. We're coming. We're coming your way. And as we said, talk tuners, we would love to hear your concert stories. You went to a festival recently. Uh, we would love to hear about it and uh, might mention it on the show. Yes. You can find us anywhere. You can follow us on your social of choice on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're Stephanie's Talk Tunes. On Twitter, we're Stephanie's Talk. You could reach out directly to us if you'd like. Stephanie's Talk Tunes at gmail.com. And a shortcut to all things Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes is at stephaniestalktunes.com. You can find all the episodes. You can find some merch. You can find whatever you would like. We also want to say thank you for the support on Good Pods. That is super helpful to us. If you mm-hmm. write a short, it's been awesome. If you write a short five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will periodically be reading those here on the show. So thank you for those keep them coming. We just really deeply appreciate your support. This show is not possible without you. So thank you for listening. 
Yeah, echoing all of that. And hey, y'all, we are a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Please check out our sister and brother shows. Um, everything music-centric, uh, no matter what your taste is, you will find it in our family. So uh, this is Stephanie Pena. Thanks so much for stopping by, and I'm out. Stephanie Myers, I'm out. See you in two weeks. Peace. Peace.